the next question comes from verse 11 and 12 of chapter 7 Srimad Bhagavad Gita and of the strong I am the strength which is devoid of desire and attachment among the creatures I am the desire which is not contrary to righteousness was Kayan of the Bharata dynasty those things that indeed are made of sattva and those things that are made of uh, of tamas know them to have sprung from me alone however I am not in them they are in me mm-hmm. then the question says what is the significance of strength devoid of desire and attachment and desire unopposed to dharma also what does Krishna mean by saying they are in me yet I am not in them as this statement seems to contradict the verses 8 to 11 where he says I am the light in the sun and the moon I am the pure smell in the earth and life principle in all being so uh, verse 8, 9, 10 have also been quoted uh, and the verses say from 8th to 10th O son of Kunti I am the taste of water I am the effulgence of the moon and the sun the letter Om in the Vedas the sound in space and manhood in men I am also the sweet fragrance in the earth I am the brilliance in the fire and the life in all beings and I am the austerity of the ascetics O path, know me to be the eternal seed of all beings I am the intellect of the intelligent I am the courage of the courageous so the questioner is saying here Sri Krishna is talking as if he is present in all beings in sun he is present as brightness or brilliance in moon he is present as effulgence uh, in water he is present as taste in the Vedas he is present as Om Pranav he says in the earth I am present as the sweet fragrance so and then um, uh, very quickly he seems to contradict himself in verses 11 and 12 where he says uh, they are in me yet I am not in them he says what is happening here it has to be understood every thing in universe in Prakriti exists by virtue of the fundamental element that fundamental element here is Krishna everything in the universe exists by virtue of the fundamental element the fundamental element expresses itself in all things but no particular thing expresses the fundamental element in its totality are you getting it? you see when you stand under 
shady tree on a sunny day don't you see a lot of little brilliant dots on the earth below the shade hmm what are those little brilliant dots or spots there are images of sun the tiny spaces between the leaves of the tree are acting as pinholes and the entire mechanism is acting as a pinhole camera hmm it's a thick tree the foliage is quite thick so there are these little gaps from where the sunlight is passing and the sunlight when it hits the earth after passing through those little pin holes creates on the earth images of sun itself not sunlight sun itself now all those images the various images the hundreds of images sun actually no they are not sun none of them is sun but all of them are due to the sun and all of them are images of the sun and all of them represent the sun that's what krishna is saying here he is saying everything that you see in the universe has been powered by me it represents me but nothing captures me fully right so they are in me i am not in them read it to say i am not fully in them partially yes all of them carry me no thing can carry me fully because everything is finite everything is limited i am infinite limitless how can anything then carry me are you getting it hmm so you get to see two things here one it has been a tradition in india to worship everything as a representation of the ultimate at the same time nothing has been worshiped as the ultimate nothing has been worshiped as the ultimate therefore there is ishwar and there is brahm hmm you can worship everything as a lord hmm as a small god as a dev hmm you can attach the word bhagwan to a lot of entities because 
there is a lot that represents godliness but then you do not do these things with truth or brahm you can take a tree and worship it as a dev but you will not take a tree and worship it as brahm so there is acceptance of everything as a representative of godliness at the same time there is a clear realization that nothing can be a substitute for the truth while everything has bhagavatta the god element yet there is nothing that can be taken as truth almighty itself hmm? things are admirable respectable worthy of worship because they act as a door they can take you beyond but no thing is the beyond itself all right therefore the distinction between ishwar and brahm is it clear then in the first part of the question what is the significance of strength devoid of desire attachment and desire and opposed to third krishna is saying here and of the strong i am the strength which is devoid of desire and attachment in general where does our strength come from our strength itself is powered by desire and attachment no the more desirous you are the more strong or the more headstrong you become don't you hmm have you seen how one pointed people become in pursuit of their desires have you seen how energetic a man becomes when possessed by desire right have you seen how motivated we are when in the grip of attachment so in general all our energy flows from just the wrong places when you find a man very energetic you can almost be assured that he is operating from the wrong center there are so many energetic people in the world hmm? what are they energetic for in general most people are energetic to pursue their own narrow self interests the moment we find that it is possible to further our personal welfare through a certain course of action we find that we are full of energy 
it is as if energy starts springing from some hidden sources within us just so that we can proceed to meet our desire right even the laziest person becomes super active and agile brimming with movement and enterprise when he wants to get something no shri krishna is saying something something different here he is saying i am that strength which is devoid of desire and attachment where does the strength come from the strength comes from seeing the ill effects of desire and attachment one says i can see what desire and attachment have done to me and to the world and i now refuse to submit to my old fate i will now strongly and staunchly resist falling into the same traps that had hitherto snared me hmm? this is the form and declaration of that strength so there is a strength there is an energy there is a resoluteness that comes from being possessed by desire and there is a strength that comes from seeing the ill effects of desire you see that the enemy is just around the corner and you remember what the enemy was able to do the last time you overpowered you so you are 10 times more determined now krishna is talking of that strength you are saying i know you are very powerful and i know that you totally trample me when you are able to win me over i'll not allow that to happen this time right so i am pretty unflappable now this is the strength that krishna is talking of so there is a strength that has the seal of maya over it and there is a strength that says i resist maya i want to go directly to krishna both these are quite strong but needless to say if these two are matched against each other the right strength prevails hmm the right strength prevails right then he says what is meant by desire unopposed to dharma 
again you can see that there are two kinds of desires mostly our desire stands in opposition to dharma is that not our usual experience right krishna is saying no i am not that desire i am the desire that moves towards dharma and the desire that is aligned with dharma that's what i am you get it he has to specify because mostly our strength our resolution our desires they all arise from the wrong places rare is the man whose desire is towards dharma so much so that the word desire itself has turned into some kind of an abuse in spiritual practice not because desire is contaminable per se but because most people practice just the wrong type of desire it is not desire that in itself is a vice it depends on the desirous one depending on the orientation of the desirous one desire will take its direction desire could either be towards dharma towards liberation towards truth or desire could be totally opposed to dharma and satya overwhelmingly we find the evidence is that desire is opposed to truth so we have started saying that desire itself is the culprit which it really is not there is a clear possibility as shri krishna puts here to be desirous of krishna himself hmm? that's when desire is your friend otherwise desire is your enemy have the right desire right people often come and ask about desirelessness desirelessness means nothing desirelessness is actually just another name for being free of desire of the wrong kind right so i am desireless in the sense i do not have desire what kind of desire do i not have anymore the wrong desire that is desirelessness so desirelessness really then does not mean to not to have any desire desirelessness then actually means to have the right desire the added advantage here in having the right desire is that right desire can actually get fulfilled wrong desire is such a losing endeavor that you can never succeed with it you will keep desiring and the desire will never really reach completion right desire can actually reach completion and once it reaches completion is there the desire or the desiring one left no 
both are gone so now it is desirelessness in the true sense of the word because the desire is now fulfilled truly completed so the desire and the desirous one both are gone this you can call as desirelessness right but this is the highest definition of desirelessness in general when as a seeker as a practitioner you practice desirelessness what should it mean to you it should mean being free of desire of the kind that spells bondage that is desirelessness in a practical sense right you were mentioning about desire and um, attachment no what i would like to know is when every action every day when i take it every action is got an attachment so unless until i have a singleness and firmness of purpose why i am taking this kind of action whether it's going to leads a kind of a liberation or it for a selfish reason so i need to analyze myself what this actions actually happens so unless until there is an emotion will be there every action is got an emotions unless until i dis- i decide myself what this purpose of this action what i am doing so 99% of the action if it is really goes to the kind of liberation that i will have better energy in my life otherwise it drains my energy i believe that is what i meant say is it correct that's what is meant by being reflective attachment desire it is there in every action but what action i take it it's every what is the intention bad action if the intention of purity is there it will just happens because for me from the beginning uh, 16 years till 61 a lot of uncertainties happened but i i was not taken anything as uh, difficult i took it everything is in a, a good note okay whatever comes good whatever there is nothing called bad or something like that i accepted wholeheartedly and work it towards it so i feel that that is good so i i never considered bad was it right actually that i cannot say with certainty but definitely if you are of a reflective temperament then it is commendable hmm? if you pause if you take stock if you want to ask where is this attachment or emotion or urge or impulse coming from what do i really want to achieve if if these questions remain present to you if if such questions remain pertinent then uh, it bodes well for your well being